unique ways with Thomas Gerard emerges with people from all walks of life who through their own unique angle succeed and flourish. Enjoy the ride and welcome to Unique Ways, an audio podcast. Hey, hey everyone, welcome to Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard, an audio podcast. We've got an awesome guest today. She is born and lives in Vancouver, Canada. She attended Langara College, Ontario College of Art and Design, and Emily Carr University of Art and Design, and she's the recipient of many awards, including a Canada Council grant, two Tony-only Artist Project Scholarships, and the Vermont Artist Award. Her work is in the collections of the Canada Art Bank, Contemporary Art Gallery, among others. Please join me in welcoming Lori Goldberg. Welcome, Lori. Well, thank you very much for having me on your episode, on this episode. Yeah, very excited. Um, Are you ready for 20 questions? Sure, why not? Let's go for it. Okay, number one, tell me a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? Well, I'm a Vancouver-born. Um, my parents were born in Vancouver, and my children were born in Vancouver. So three generations of uh, my family, and uh, I'm a professional artist and educator. Uh Presently, I teach at Emily Carr, University of Art and Design, and uh, I teach in the Continuing Studies. And I've been doing that for over 21 years. I like to see myself as the first door that uh, students enter. And so I have a big responsibility (laughs) to not turn them off art, but to get them inspired and motivated to continue for the rest of their lives. Great. Um, just a note for our audience, uh, Laurie and I don't know each other. This is a new discovery for me, um, but I'm trying to kind of broaden the podcast beyond my own personal circles. So I think this is a really great opportunity. Um, question two, what's a key piece of knowledge that makes you different? Hmm. Uh, I think that it's... That's a really interesting question, not an easy one, (laughs) but the knowledge is knowing that, uh, that you can conjure anything you want (laughs) when you stand in front of a blank canvas and you just, it's just, it's a key. There's a key that I've found and how to do that. Um, Maybe there's a lot of fear in creativity, but for me, it's just what and who I am and how I see the world. It's just through pictures, I guess. And um, I feel like I have a a certain edge that most people have. I see the world in a different way and then I can present it back to them and they too can see it in new ways. That's great. Um, You know, recently we had uh, Dr. John Maeda on the show and he responded in a similar way to you actually, but he had a bit of a preamble and then he said that with all of his um, activities, he wants to do it through the lens of creativity. So that makes sense to me. Um, Number three, why this of all things? Why do you do what you do? Well, I don't think that it's something I chose. I think art chose me. (laughs) Uh, I take some responsibility in that I followed up and continued doing it. But I think it's a crazy world (laughs) to choose to be part of. And uh, And uh, so, and then once you're in there and you're doing it, uh, there's no way of turning back because it's an incredibly beautiful experience. 
Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Great. Um, number four, what does your future look like? <laughs> I don't have as much in front of me as I have had be- that I have behind me. So it's short, so not a lot of time uh, left as far as I'm concerned, but that time is, is uh, probably rich and has more depth than any other time in my life. And I'm super excited about where it might take you, but uh, take me. But as far as future, I, I can't, I don't know. I'm trying to practice that being in the, mo- you know, being in the moment in the present time, not an easy thing to do, but projecting into the future. I don't want to go there. <laughs> Probably don't really want to go there, except that I do know that um, I don't retire from what I do. It's a practice. So I will be continuing doing my practice as an artist for the rest of my life. As long as I can. Great. Um, number five, I like to say is unique to this podcast. The question is, let's talk about location. How does the notion of place play into what you do? Well, I think place is an important part in my work. It's the starting point. Uh, so place to me could be about location. It could be, am I in my studio or out in public space uh, creating or uh, engaging uh, with the world around me? It could be urban or nature. It could be people because teaching is uh, the same plane for me as, as what I do in my studio or, you know, the making of the art. Uh, it's just an essential part of my purpose. Uh, and um, so place, if it's going to be like location, I definitely respond to my location. I, uh, I make or create art based on uh, what I'm observing uh Usually I do a juxtaposition of some other part of what I see. So for example, Vancouver for me is a place of uh, a glowing, growing urban environment and it's juxtaposed to nature, which is so close to us. And I mean, watching, you know, the, the mountains and how uh, in West Vancouver and North Vancouver, just buildings are being just, there's more and more buildings as you uh, start watching it. You start seeing them being uh, built as it goes up the side of the mountain. And it's just so much, um, there's so much more awareness of how we're displacing nature. But then I question about nature and how it displaces us too. I don't think it's nature's a victim, but I do th- believe that it does bite back in its own way. So place is important to me as far as environment to be inspired by. Uh, what happens in my studio is very different than what happens out into in in nature where I sit with it and respond when I get back into my studio. I use my camera as my 21st century sketchbook and record what I what I see or what inspires me. And then when I get back into my studio, I unpack it and try to figure out what I want to do with it in my work. And then I'm a avid cyclist, so I ride my bike around the city a lot. And I've had studios in urban environments, industrial environments. So I'm also inspired by what I see there. And I just it just happens where those two worlds collide or connect and and work. Who knows what the magic comes out of that? I don't know what happens, but there definitely is a, a relationship and a narrative that happens between the two areas. And then the place in the studio is just very different than outdoors. So it's if that's what, how I am interpreting what places. 
Yeah, your answer reminds me of um, the artist Jermaine Coe, who we had on the show very much talking about that personal space versus the public space and how um, how a person interacts with those. Um, yeah. Numbers, yeah. Well, Please. I was just going to say that in uh, because I'm also very interested how I take being an educator. I've taught a lot in institutions and. Um, I really like the idea of bringing it out to the public and creating artwork with in a more um, social environment. Uh, no one has to know about making art. It's more about the interaction, especially the intergenerational. Seeing a grandmother work with a grandchild and or you know friends together to collaborate to me that's very inspiring. A very different experience. That's great. Yeah, the other episode this reminds me of is with uh, Dr. Garnett Hertz, who's who's at Emily Carr as well, and uh, works in a in a skate park, kind of creating and making in that space, and um, thinking thinking about place on those terms. I think um, number six, if you had to start from scratch, what advice would you give your former younger self? I think trust in the process, and don't be afraid of the big bad world out there and all the characters in the art world who can be quite tough on the young artist. Uh, be true to yourself. Um, uh, mm, yeah, really listen to yourself. And because uh, that my formative years, I had very strong artwork. <laughs> it wasn't influenced by too much or uh, it was just it was naive, but also very authentic. So as far as, um, you know, not being afraid, because I think that I had some fear around going from, you know, my private space to being out there in this uh, business world and trying to navigate through it. It was really challenging. Nice. Number seven, what's your day in the life like? Uh, well, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I raised two children on my own. So as a single mom, it was always early in the morning and just really get to work and and uh, strive through the day to try to balance everything from the parenting, running a household, and and, and being in my studio making art. And and uh, now that they're older, I get to uh, you know lie around in bed if I choose to. I have some options, so I do like to get up slowly. I do have a routine of uh, uh, setting my day with intentions. Uh, sometimes I journal. Sometimes I do a meditation. Sometimes I just get up and have my first cup of coffee and. And uh, breakfast is important to me, so it's a kind of a ritual. And then I get onto my computer and, and start working. And basically, you know, as an artist, you think that you're in your studio all the time making, but uh, uh, making the art. But a lot of it is you're doing a lot of promotion for yourself, marketing, and and responding to emails and and setting things up and you know working towards whatever and so it takes um quite a lot of time to do that so i don't really get in my studio till about 10 o'clock or noon and then uh once i'm in there you know i cross that threshold <laughs> and close that door it's basically um in a world of its own and i have set that up i usually play music or listen to a podcast um i do a ritual of cleaning up and getting things organized and getting my brushes out and getting my canvas and putting out work i usually have three or four pieces out for me to look at at different stages and I try not to be interrupted until I'm you know until four or five and then you know it's time for dinner and, and whatever I want to do in the evening sometimes I go out to openings or I stay home and 
with the pandemic, I really like staying home. I got used to really enjoying my own company. And so I'll watch a movie or read a book or do something, but around the house, I'll go for a walk. I always do something with exercise. So it's either a walk or a bike ride or yoga. And sometimes I dance in my studio with friends, but you know, uh, things have changed slightly since the pandemic. I don't do as much of that social stuff. Great. Um, number eight, lifelong learning is a popular topic these days. How do you stay up to date? Well, I think that my teaching helps a lot because I'm much uh, of a educator as much, and I am you know as much as I'm an educator, I'm also I'm a student. I'm learning from from my for the people in my in my courses. Uh, also, I use the internet. I'm always getting bites of information. I go to gallery talks. I'll, I'm in a book club. Uh, conversations with friends and social media. And number nine, what tools do you use? Are you both digital and analog? Well, I'm not too sure what you mean by what tools do you use? Like you mean in the technology world? A lot of it, it um, a lot of people talk about their making and the tools they use for making, um, okay. the tools they use for creative process. Um, of course, you know, in your case, there will be some physical tools for, for the, the, the making, I imagine, but yeah. Yeah, well, I actually, as I said earlier, I use my camera to document the world around me. Um, sometimes I'll sketch and draw or do smaller works first before I go into a larger canvas to work out some compositional issues or um, concerns or just my ideas, just kind of work through them. Uh, I do a lot of searching for um, images through the internet, and I also borrow images from friends, and I like to print them out and have them on the wall, and then uh, combine and uh, you know and, and and work from them, and then from my intuition. Uh, so the computer. the Digital. I also use Photoshop if I want to do some. You know, I know the basics of. I've taken courses in Photoshop. I always come out with just the basics. But what I do is I, I take that and I do some um, you know, posturizing or, you know, cutting back, you know, cutting and repasting and overlaying uh, times to help with my ideas. I'm really happy about that because it's just a whole new way of seeing things. And it kind of, kind of shortens my process with um, color mixing. So I can play around with you know, colored um, filters. So, um, yeah, a lot of different, then I use the traditional tools of brushes and palettes, palette knives and alternative tools that I make or find. Um, I use a sewing machine to sew, um, uh, to cobble things together, but I also use it as a drawing tool. Um, I'm known to be using things like dryer lint, things from the home, anything to kind of domestic related. I've kind of incorporated that into some of my work over the years. Uh, yeah, so I kind of balance all sorts of worlds. <laughs> nice. My tool. Um, I co-taught with Professor Hay Garman at Emily Carr for a while, and um, he was always making tools that he would use as tools for making. I mean, it sounds like that's what you do as well, which is interesting. Yeah, it's like, why well, limit 
Yeah, especially if the type of artwork and, you know, my work, if you looked at my website, is very, very diverse. It's based on my ideas. And so I'll pull out different techniques for my ideas. So sometimes it can be very loose and abstract and intuitive and um, in the moment. So I want to have tools that will respond to that. And sometimes a brush just isn't um, loose enough for me or doesn't respond the way that I want. So I'll come up with something that has a bit more of a, a faster mark or a more intriguing mark that uh, will get what I'm looking for. Uh, Thanks. And, yeah. Okay. And halfway here, number 10, how do you deal with work-life balance? <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> balance, uh, but it's definitely uh, a journey in itself. I try to do a lot of nurturing for myself. Uh, I, you know, I try to get out into nature. I try to go for um, body work. Um, the balance with, you know, yoga helps a lot, you know, just for breathing and, and grounding because I can be quite flighty and really helps a lot. Um, and also the stress and anxiety of, of you know, you'll think it's such a, a bit of a romantic view of the artist, but there's a lot of stress and anxiety around lots of different parts. <laughs> uh, every day you, I reinvent myself. So uh, yeah, that in itself is challenging, but I don't think I want it any other way. Uh, but still, uh, so to balance that, I try to do some grounding exercises. And then, um, you know, I, uh, the teach, well, I guess, you know, bringing in income, I have an Airbnb, so that helps a lot. It's been very busy. So that helps. So I kind of know where financially where things are. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? Uh, I think, uh, dealing with work, I have to keep on reminding myself that, uh, everyone has their own unique path and, and, uh, at times I feel I'm underrepresented, but at times I feel very well received and it just changes depending on uh, maybe the the rhythms of the art, the people that are in the art market making choices. I think that that's just a whole one side of the making of the art and not to get caught up in that. So I have to remind myself to just stay present with my own process and stand behind myself. It's, uh, it's good work. <laughs> Very nice. Um, number 11, if you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing? Uh, well, I um, dabbled quite a bit in self-growth and energy work. And I see my son, I've actually got a certificate in clairvoyance. Uh, and it may sound funny to you, but it's actually a very powerful tool to learn how to read, uh, read into your work, read into other people as a teacher, but it's not necessarily, you know, um, uh, disrespectful. It's more about just being um, receptive in a more powerful way. It's just really taking, a uh, being able to have a perspective of uh, standing back and, and, uh, and being receptive. And so, and then, you know, gathering that information and be able to bring it out again in a way that's respectful and understanding, um, well, with people. And then for myself, it's more about listening to where I'm going with my work. Uh, so I think that'd be really good at that as a therapist, perhaps, and, you know, someone who does healings for people. And I think I'd be a, a successful businesswoman. And maybe this other side that I love about 
um, a part of me that I really love is dance. I think I, yeah, contemporary dancer, memory choreographer. Awesome. Um, 12, what would you not like to do with your career? Uh, you mean, what would you, what would I not like to do like as a career? Um, yeah. What, what would be, uh, I mean, it, you could talk about it within the realm of, of art. So are there certain kind of processes or are there certain kind of mediums in art that you wouldn't want to work with, for example? Well, I'm a, I'm very curious about art making. And if I had all the time in the world, I'd probably want to try everything. Uh, I find everything quite interesting. I think that the my least interest would probably um, be working with um, soldering or I don't even know the name, but you know, actually I started off being a sculptor, but I thought, oh, no, this is no way it's going to happen because I can't imagine carrying this stuff around and what do I do with it? And also I just, I think I'm too uh, ditzy to, you know, I burn myself or get, um, you know, cut myself or whatever too many times but I I do love sculpture and installation in particular um but uh welding I don't think it'd be something I'm really interested in doing I'd probably hire someone to do that um but everything else I mean I think sitting in front of a computer for hours would be really hard on me I need to be moving I'm a very active person I have to move my body so that would be really tough it's good um 13 what's your favorite word quote or sentence well, I, I guess it comes from being a mother and maybe a teacher, but I say, don't close the door before you open it. Mm. I think that uh, <laughs> that's a very important one to remember. Good one. Um, do you have a least favorite word, quote, or sentence? Um, I think that some of those really kind of hallmarky things, I don't really have one in particular. Uh, they just get they're just a little too sappy for me so i think they're everywhere but i, I don't know what is it just do it uh, i don't know just don't tell me what to do <laughs> i'll do it when i want to i guess if i don't know <laughs> if you had to pick one word to describe yourself what word would you choose uh, that's easy authentic 16 what keeps you up at night my lover no i'm joking um I think that I like to what you know indulge my my guilty pleasure would be like uh, movies in, in bed using my laptop or worrying about my children's future with the way the world is uh try not to go there too much because it's a rabbit's hole but that can keep me up for a while nice final stretch here number 17 what's a dream you're chasing Well, even though I'm very grateful for for all I have achieved and done as an artist, teacher, and mother parent, and especially since I was a single mother and parent, uh, I'd still like to have, you know, to have more of a presence in the art world. I'd love to see my work getting collected in museums or being recognized for my genius. <laughs> I'm joking, but you know, I I think it's just about uh, more engagement. Uh, it's it's I don't know if it's a dream because I think it's all doable. So I'm pretty happy with my life. So I don't really like to have pipe dreams; they just don't work for me. So I think uh, uh, I'd like to say that I'm pretty content in my world as long as I keep on striving and working 
and being curious and open and keep that door open. Nice. 18, what inspires you? Well, waking up in the morning, knowing you have another day to do things that I'm familiar with and to know that the unexpected can happen whenever and whatever. Um, it's a mystery that gets me excited. Uh, just the fact that I'm here talking with you. I mean, how did that happen? Just one thing led to another. And I just think that's pretty awesome. Uh, I know that we, you know, at least I, I take so much for granted, so much for granted. And my work is about that. It's about looking at the mundane or the over, you know, something that's so commonplace that you don't see it anymore and then bring it out, out of hiding uh, for, um, for the public to see or for me to see and, and do something with it, you know, but I think that it's um, important for me, even though it's a cliche to try to be, you know, so, pre you know, present and, and it's not easy to do, but it's important. Great. And last couple here, any advice you'd like to share? Well, I think so. I think from my own personal experience of experiencing death and raising children on my own and being an artist and, and um, being more of an outsider, I think that um, it's really important to know that love expands and that it's important to stay present. And if you do fall off your path, it's not a big deal. You just you know, pick yourself up and start again. Uh, there's lots of opportunities for, for us to get knocked off our path and lots of opportunities to get back on them. And so you just continue where you left off. It's not a big deal. And also not to compare or instead just be inspired by others. Beautiful. And 20, how can our listeners keep tabs on you? Where do we, uh, where do we look at your work? Well, presently, I have uh, three floors of my artwork at the Queen Elizabeth Theatre, but unfortunately, it comes down on uh, Monday. It's been there for three months, so I've had an opportunity, well, it's had an opportunity to have uh, thousands of people viewing it if they choose to. Uh, and I have a website, uh, Goldberg. Uh, L-O-R-I-G-O-L-D-B-E-R-G. I have some presence on Instagram, lauriegoldberg.art, and also Facebook. I believe it's lauriegoldberg.art too. And I try, you know, I do have a mailing list. I try to send out a newsletter uh, at least once a month, uh, but lately it's been kind of random. Nice. Well, um, thank you so much, Laurie. Um, you know, we've had some art world artists on the show. We had Senia Su, um, Eric Olson. Um, I mentioned, uh, um, um, Oh, sorry, it slipped my mind. Um, yeah, uh, Dr. Jermaine Cove, Dr. Garnett Hertz. I mean, the, the list is starting to uh, to build, but it's super exciting to uh, to build that community with you as a part of it. So I'm so happy to uh, to have had you today. Thanks. Well, thank you very much. I feel very again honored for each, you um, being interested in, in my work and myself, and to hear my story. It's it's a, a joy to be able to share it with you and your listeners. Great. Thanks so much. Alrighty. If you like today's podcast, I encourage you to have a listen to other episodes. You can easily find them at uniqueways.ca or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on social media. And thank you. It's you that makes these great, and it's you who these are for. Stay tuned for more Unique Ways. Mm -hmm.